Listening to this podcast does not create an attorney-client relationship between you and Hardison and Cochran Attorneys at Law. Hardison and Cochran does not accept new clients without first obtaining a signed agreement. The information shared in this podcast is for information purposes and should not be intended or taken as legal advice as to yours or anyone else's legal matter. If you have a legal matter, contact an attorney about your specific set of circumstances. Hey, hey, let me take this call real quick, Bill. You just hold on a second. Ben Cochran. Hello and welcome to the Hardison Cochran Podcast. I'm your host, Bill Campbell. The audio you heard before the intro music was Ben Cochran answering the phone in the middle of today's interview. But don't worry, it did not interrupt any of the great info we have for you today, which is about medical providers and workers' compensation. And before we get into that, there's been a little bit of a delay between the last podcast and this podcast, but uh, we've been working on something real important to us. And if you want to see the fruits of our labor, go to teamautismnc.com. And we'll have a lot more about this coming up in the the coming weeks and throughout the football season. And back to today's podcast, which is about medical providers and workers' compensation in North Carolina. And uh, I threw a few questions at Ben about it, and let's see what he has to say. All right, Ben, talking about uh, medical providers. Obviously, the medical providers for workers' comp are selected by the, the workers' comp carrier. Can people who are hurt really trust the doctors? If they're, if they're selected by by the people that are trying to diminish your claim, so to speak? In my practice, you see various different medical providers. I cannot say that I have ever seen a medical provider that did not take into consideration my client's interests. I think that doctors have an ultimate duty to treat their patients. They take that very seriously, and I believe that we do – have a situation where you can feel confident that you're going to receive medical treatment that is in your best interest and is meant to help you with your difficult circumstances. That being said, there are certain medical providers that are utilized by workers' compensation more than other medical providers. In North Carolina, the insurance company gets to select and choose which medical provider you get to go see. You do see when the medical providers are approached about work restrictions, whether or not somebody can or cannot work, different medical providers do approach that differently. In workers' compensation, you are less likely to see an individual taken completely out of work than you would in an injury situation that did not revolve around workers' compensation. You're going to more likely than not see some type of restriction placed on the individual so that they could go back to work as long as it is a light-duty position. Thereby, it becomes the employer's obligation or responsibility to make sure that this employee that's injured can come back to work, and it's no longer the medical provider that has placed the injured employee out of work. And so if the employer cannot accommodate the restrictions, then the reason that the employee is not back to work is not simply because the doctor has them out of work, but it's because the employer cannot accommodate those restrictions. You see that more often in workers' compensation 
because the medical providers obviously don't want to be labeled with a stigma that they keep employees out of work due to their injuries completely and totally. When a person goes and sees these uh, medical providers, how do they need to be communicating with them? What are some things they, they need to tell them? What do they not need to tell them? If there's anything they don't need to tell them. When you're talking to your medical provider, whether it be the urgent care doctor, the specialist or surgeon, the physical therapist, you need to be clear but concise in what your complaints are, each and every body part that aches, the different daily life activities that you're having trouble doing, as much knowledge to the medical provider so that they can assess your symptoms, assess your injuries to determine what type of medical treatment that you require. The key about being very detailed is because I see it oftentimes that three or four months later, it's first reported in the medical records that the left shoulder was injured in the accident as well as the right shoulder. Three months later, the insurance company is going to have difficulties with relating that to the original injury by accident. So you have to be certain that you document to the medical provider each and every complaint that you have and how it's affecting you. This is probably the biggest question people have with workers comp and uh, having to go see a doctor that, that they didn't choose is can they see their own doctor? Can can they have a second opinion if they don't like the opinion of the doctor that they've, they've been uh, directed to? In North Carolina, there are two statutes that deal with second opinions that can be requested by the injured employee. The first one is 9725, and the second one is 9727. The two different statutes are distinguishable into the interpretation of what the second opinion doctor is allowed to cover or allowed to offer opinions as to the evaluation of the injured employee. So when we look at 9725, that is a second opinion that has been requested by the injured employee to which the defendants or the insurance company, however you want to determine, they op have the opportunity to participate in the selection of the second opinion. So what that means is, is that the insurance company and the injured employee agree on who the second opinion is going to be. Now that second opinion doctor has full authorization to offer opinions about any aspect of the injuries, their causes, future medical treatment, and the permanent partial disability rating. That means what type of overall injury has that person suffered. So it is a full independent medical examination. It is a true second opinion. Now that second opinion was not just chosen by the injured employee. Now, the injured employee did have some participation in the selection. Now, let's say the insurance company says, yeah, we don't want to agree on somebody. Well, at that point, once the insurance company says we don't want to agree on somebody, the injured employee can petition the industrial commission for an order selecting one of their IME requested physicians, meaning one of the physicians that the injured employee wanted to see. 
And at that point, the industrial commission reviews the positions of the insurance company and their injured employee, and they determine who the second opinion is going to be done by. All of that, once again, is under 9725. Now, when we look at the next statute, 9727, that particular statute allows for a second opinion specifically chosen by the injured employee. However, that opinion is only valid or afforded weight as it relates to the permanent partial disability rating. So essentially, the court is only going to look at what the second opinion doctor that was chosen by the employee feels or opines as to the permanent partial disability rating. So if you have a situation where you're treating with the insurance company's doctor, you have a shoulder surgery, you're given a rating by the doctor that was selected by the insurance company, and let's say it's a 5%, you're back to work, your shoulder feels great. Your only issue is, is you think the 5% rating is too low. Well, at that point, the injured employee using 9727 can choose a physician of their own, go see that doctor, and have that doctor to give them a new rating. And if that rating is higher, they are averaged. That is pursuant to 9727. What if I don't want to have the recommended treatment by the doctor? Do I have to do it? Well, it depends on what the treatment recommendation by the physician is. What I mean by that is, is if you have a physician that recommends physical therapy and you just don't want to do physical therapy, more likely than not, the insurance company can file a motion to compel with the industrial commission. And at that point, the industrial commission can order you to participate in physical therapy or no longer be allowed to have benefits from workers' compensation until such time as you do comply with the treatment recommendation. But if you look at a different situation, let's say that the treating physician recommends that you have a lumbar spinal fusion. Do you have to do that? In North Carolina, we use a balancing risk test. So what happens is, is that if the risk of potential harm is outbalanced by the risk of benefit, then you do not have to participate in that medical treatment. Essentially, what that means is if, if there is a potential that there is death, paralyzation, such as we are dealing with a lumbar fusion, and the doctor can say, well, I think it's going to, there's a 50% chance it'll make you better. The industrial commission is not going to force you to do a high risk procedure that cannot guarantee benefit. Cochran on North Carolina Workers' Compensation and Medical Providers. Make sure you're on the lookout for our, our next uh, podcast. We'll be explaining the whole teamautismnc.com, uh, what we do with it, our role in it. Um, if you go to the website, you can read it all, but we're going to go a lot more in-depth, and we're, we're, we're going to announce a little project we're going to have with the podcast going forward all the way throughout the college football season. <laughs>